Welcome to The Story Forest, a podcast of original tales for curious and adventurous children. Princess Isabel, Prince Hamish, and Princess Bonnie receive an extremely exciting invitation. But when they arrive, everything seems to be going wrong. Can they save the day? Written by Anna Roberts and read by her favourite storyteller in the world, her mother, Pam McNaughton. Princess Isabel and the Haggis Dance Princess Isabel woke, opened her eyes and then grinned. She wasn't in her normal bedroom at home, but it was a good thing. She was on a sleepover at Prince Hamish and Princess Bonnie's castle. She rushed over to wash and put on her adventure clothes before going down the long stairway to find everyone at the long breakfast table. As soon as she walked into the room, she knew that something was going on. Princess Bonnie couldn't keep still and Prince Hamish's face was completely covered in the biggest smile she had ever seen. Uh, good morning, she said, her face beginning to smile too. She couldn't help it. What's going on? We've got an invitation, Princess Bonnie burst out. It's the best! Every seven years, the haggis threw a party. It's called the haggis dance. Prince Hamish spoke seriously, but Princess Isabel could see how excited he was from the sparkle in his eyes. We've never been old enough to go before, but today we're invited and you can come too. Oh my goodness, Princess Isabel said, sitting down in front of a bowl of porridge and not really knowing what to expect. It's amazing! Princess Bonnie said dreamily. The wildest dance of the Highlands and it's tonight. Well, that certainly sounds like an adventure, Princess Isabel said, grinning back at them. They all finished their porridge and went to find their horses. Ulred the unicorn and Harriet the hare had been treated very generously at the royal stables and were very happy and relaxed. But when Princess Isabel told them where they were going, they got super excited. I've never spoken to a haggis, Harriet the Hare said. This will be a good opportunity. I'm not sure much chatting goes on at the haggis dance, Harriet, Princess Bonnie said, making chatting sound like the worst thing you could possibly do. Everyone will be too busy dancing and playing and leaping and things. Prince Hamish laughed. <laughs> Let's go. And they did. Ulred the unicorn leading the way and the two horses galloping after. They rode through the mountains, the heather and the lochs, and the sky was blue above them and the wind whistled past their ears. They stopped for a picnic by a bubbling brook, or as Prince Hamish said, a burn, and paddled in the freezing waters. They went ever northwards, and after a couple more hours, their path began to climb too. Ulred the unicorn and the horses started to slow, picking their way more carefully. Ahead of them was a mountain stretching up into the sky. When they reached a ridge, they saw a reflection of the sky appear in front of them. 
Then their eyes adjusted and they saw a smooth glassy loch between them and the mountain. The haggis dance is held at the top of that peak, Princess Bonnie said breathlessly. Bet I could swim across. No, you can't, Bonnie, Hamish said in a serious voice. And anyway, you won't need to. Look. He had dismounted and he walked towards the edge of the loch. Before them, two magnificent boats made of ancient wood rose up out of the water and moved towards the shore. At each end, the wood scrolled up into a curve. They glided through the water without sail or oar. It was magical, and Princess Isabel gave a contented sigh. They piled into the boats. Princess Isabel wondered whether the magic counted each of them, as there was exactly enough space for all of them and their horses. Once they were settled, the boats began to glide once more over the water until they reached the other side. Then they got out and Princess Isabel turned back, a little unsure of the etiquette of magic boats, but said a simple thank you and curtsied. Princess Bonnie copied her and with a smile Prince Hamish bowed. And then they all began to climb. The heather was thick and springy, the sun shone brightly and gusts of wind sent the bright summer flowers dancing all over the place. Princess Isabel grinned, wondering if she had ever been so happy before. They got closer to the top. Princess Isabel caught a glimpse of Prince Hamish's expression, and he was frowning. What's wrong? she asked, grabbing a boulder above and pulling herself up. It's probably... Prince Hamish's words tailed off. Well, it's just I've not seen any haggis yet, which is a bit surprising. Princess Isabel frowned too now. He was right. Shouldn't there be loads of haggis heading to their famous dance? Not that she had ever seen one before. Let's get to the top and work out what's going on, Princess Isabel said. And Prince Hamish nodded. They climbed for a while longer, then got to a stone of flat ridge that led along to get to the highest point. They couldn't see anything but mountains, a wonderful view of lochs and forests, the sky and the sunshine. There wasn't a haggis in sight. No one said anything until they got to the very highest point. Princess Bonnie pouted. I thought it would be a bit more, well, haggisy, she said. Something has gone wrong, Prince Hamish said in a low voice. Just then they heard a sound, small breaths, odd humming, an uneven rhythm of pattering feet, until in front of Princess Bonnie appeared a very odd-looking creature. Its body looked like a sort of fluffy old bag which had been dumped in a puddle a few times. It had big, uneven eyes peering out of this, stringy limbs and a tartan hat that was rather too large perched on top. Am I late? he said, though it took Princess Isabel a few moments to decipher his thick accent. I don't think so. Prince Hamish said politely, but we've not seen any more haggis. 
the haggis made a noise that sounded a bit rude. Do you know, haggis have the worst sense of direction of any beastie there's ever been. I shouldn't wonder if they're all lost, especially with the rainbow stones down. He sat down on a stone with a dramatic sigh. <sighs> Excuse me, what are the rainbow stones? Princess Isabel asked. The haggis gave her a long look. Ancient things, lass, set up to guide the haggis to here. Six huge stones, each with a glass circle that catches the sun in a colour of the rainbow. They lead in a trail to here from that tall mountain over there. He pointed to a thick, tall mountain that stood up against the sky almost like a needle. But I canna see them today. I see, Princess Isabel said, and turned to look at the others to suggest they might be able to help. But when she saw them, she knew she didn't even need to ask. We'll find them, Prince Hamish said determinedly, and we'll sort it all out. Oh, good! the haggis said, then lay down on a stone and fell fast asleep. Princess Bonnie stifled a giggle. We'd better get moving, Harriet the Hare popped out from behind a boulder. We might have a lot of ground to cover. And so they started to climb down the mountain. At the shore of the loch, the magical boats were waiting for them once more and they crossed each scanning the ground that lay the other side, looking for anything that could be one of the rainbow stones. In fact, they found it rather quickly. Princess Bonnie had spotted something that looked interesting. They made their way over and found a long rectangular rock stretched out on the ground. On one end, there was a hole about the size of a dinner plate, which was filled with glass. When the sun hit it, it glowed red. They had found the first stone. Now they just had to make it stand again. It was taller than Princess Isabel and Prince Hamish put together. Knowing it was useless, they tried to lift it, but couldn't even get to budget at all. If only we had some rope, Harriet the Hare mentioned. Of course, Ulred could lift it. Of course, Prince Hamish cried and went to look in his saddlebags. He brought out a coil of strong-looking rope. Then there was a frustrating time of trying to work out how to tie the rope best, and at what angle, and of getting the stone part way up, only for it to fall again. Everyone was rather cross and tired by the time the stone finally stood against the sky, firmly wedged in the ground beneath. The red glow would have encouraged them all more if it had not reminded them that there were five more stones to find. They set off again, examining every rocky outcrop they came to until, with a shout, Prince Hamish called them all over. This stone was deep under some heather, the orange glass almost completely hidden. Good job, Princess Isabel said to Prince Hamish and gave him a friendly punch on the arm. Though the heather got in their way, this time they knew how to use the rope, and Ulred the unicorn raised the stone to standing triumph in a much shorter time.
As they prepared to move on again, a group of seven haggis danced forward, exclaiming at the stone, It's here! It's here! Thank ye kindly! Then they were gone, disguised in the undergrowth, before anyone could say anything more. But Princess Isabel noticed that they were all grinning. It was working. The haggis dance might actually go ahead. Just four more to go, Princess Bonnie called. Hamish and I are even. We found one each. You'd better get the next or you'll be the loser, Princess Isabel. They laughed and started to look once more. It was, in the end, Harriet the Hare, who found the next stone, stretched across a burn to look like a bridge. Here, everyone got splashed and muddy and wet. But for all that, it was quite fun and a bit more splashing occurred than was strictly necessary. It wasn't long before the stone stood tall, the yellow glass glinting in the sunshine. At this point, Princess Bonnie threw herself on the floor and declared she never wanted to see a haggis again and she was sick of adventures and that Princess Isabel and Prince Hamish were the worst people ever and that unicorns were stupid. And Prince Hamish realised that it was getting rather late for their picnic lunch. So they had it, feeling the sun dry their skin and filling their empty tummies with great enthusiasm, sandwiches, cakes and other wonderful things that are completely necessary on adventures. After this, Princess Bonnie forgot everything she had said before, gave everyone a big hug and then a stern lecture about keeping going and not stopping quests for silly things like picnics. And they all laughed and got looking for the next stone. Princess Isabel found the next one, to her secret relief, among some other stones. And before they even had that one up, Prince Hamish spotted something blue glinting in the sun from afar. And so it wasn't long before the green stone and the blue were standing tall again. Their path had started to slope upwards again and Princess Isabel turned to look back towards the Haggis Mountain. Now she could see the series of colours glinting in the sunlight showing the way and when she looked closer she thought she could see movement below as well. The Haggis were making their way to the dance. But there was still one more stone to go. And it didn't take very long at all to find the stone with the purple glass in. This was for a very, very good reason. For standing over the stone was a gigantic ogre. They slowed to a stop and Princess Isabel couldn't help but stare. The ogre had pale skin and lumpy limbs that looked as though they could have been roughly hewn from rock. Its face was enormous. Princess Isabel thought its nose by itself would be bigger than her head. Its hands and feet were stupendously big. And it was trying very hard to take the purple stone down. Princess Isabel, her heart beating in her chest, rode forward, glad of Ulred the unicorn's horn sticking out in front of her. Excuse me? She called out clearly. Please, could you stop that? The haggis need those stones standing up 
so they can find their way to the dance. The ogre looked up at her slowly, his big eyes blinking as though trying to take in what was happening. Huggis loud, he said finally. Dance loud, too loud, headache. As though the matter were closed, he turned away and swung his arm against the purple stone, which slid to a diagonal position. The ogre then turned around and saw the other rainbow stone standing again. Oh, he shouted. Princess Bonnie moved a little behind Prince Hamish. Um, Princess Isabel said. She knew ogres weren't necessarily violent, but they were sometimes a bit stupid, which could end up being dangerous. I'm sorry that the uh, noise disturbs you. The ogre looked up at her. Maybe I could help you in a different way. So you, um, don't have to knock all the stones down again. Princess Isabel thought that the ogre's face changed, as though he was interested, and she slid off Ulred's back, though he gave a sort of shudder as she did so, as though he'd prefer she was in a place where he could protect her. Her mind was racing. At home, sometimes King Daddy snored, and sometimes Queen Mummy snored. When it got really bad, they would fight over a pair of earplugs. Of course, human earplugs wouldn't be much use at all for the ogre's enormous ears, but perhaps she could improvise. Give me your picnic bag, she said to Prince Hamish, who did, and she took her own too. She started to stuff them with heather as all the others watched on in amazement. Help then, she said. And Prince Hamish and Princess Bonnie did, until the bags were completely full. She took one in each hand and took a cautious step towards the ogre, who was still watching curiously. She mimed what she meant him to do several times and said, Haggis loud, then presented, pretended to put the bag in her ear. Haggis not loud. After she had done it several times, she held out the two bags and eventually the ogre took them and one by one placed them gingerly into his enormous ears. Does it work? Princess Isabel asked, but the ogre didn't seem to hear. He thumped his foot experimentally, then his face lit up. It had worked. All of a sudden he began to dance, the ground shaking with the weight of him. And then he danced away into the distance. Harriet the hare snorted. Ogres, honestly, you'd have thought he could at least help us put this one back up. She was right. The purple stone still lay at an odd angle where no one would see it. But the friends were experts now. And it soon stood proud and tall, completing the rainbow trail. And soon there were so many haggis amassed that it looked as though the heather itself were travelling towards the haggis dance. The sky stayed bright as they made their way back along the trail and across the clear loch in boats that were packed with haggis. 
This time their climb was accompanied by strange and wild songs and assisted by hints in strong accents. When they came to the top of the mountain this time, everything had changed. There were tartan rugs laid out everywhere. There were huge platters of food. There were several groups of haggis musicians sending wild notes out to oppose and sometimes compliment each other. Princess Isabel and the others ate strange and wonderful foods and listened to almost incomprehensible tales full of twists and turns. They heard strange poems under the bright, light summer evening sky, played wild games with complex and never-quite-explained rules, and joined in dances that left them breathless and giddy. When the sky finally began to darken, they watched more stars than they had ever seen begin to peek through, and when it was truly dark, they saw greens and purples stretch out across the sky in unearthly patterns. The northern lights, Prince Hamish murmured. It was far too late to think about going home, And so, along with all the haggis, Princess Isabel and the others made beds out of tartan blankets and heather. None of them slept deeply, but they felt instead as though they had passed into a different world where things were clearer and brighter, and they came to the morning refreshed and filled with wonder. The haggis were mostly gone or going, and the friends went down the mountain almost in silence, and took the magic boats one more time. When the time came, Princess Isabel said goodbye to her friends, and they all swore to return to the next haggis haggis dance seven years later. She rode home, trying to decide how to explain all that had happened to Queen Mummy and King Daddy, but knowing that she would never get it quite right. the end. All our stories are now available on your Yoto player. Visit our website to get an RSS feed and download some exciting adventures.